Welcome to the NPCs podcast and our weekly news roundup. For the week of March 10th, 2023, here is what we'll be talking about today. Rocksteady's Suicide Squad game has been delayed once again due to poorly received footage back in February. Obsidian apologizes for the buggy launch of Outer Worlds Spacer's Choice Edition. Sony throws more shade at the Activision Blizzard and Microsoft deal, saying Call of Duty on PlayStation will receive bugs. GameStop cancels in-store pre-orders for Resident Evil 4's Collector's Edition. And is Counter-Strike 2 on the way? NVIDIA drivers seem to indicate so. My name is Travis Sherman, and of course, as always, for the Weekly News Roundup, I am joined by Kyle Inman. Kyle, howdy. Heidi ho what's up? Heidi ho there, Kyle Neighbor. Yeah. Uh, how's it going? Throwing back, to, throwing back to some home improvement. Yeah, <laughs> some of the good old 90s. Yeah, no kidding. I was listening to uh, another podcast, and they, like, it's not even a gaming one. It's a, it's a cybersecurity-related one. And they were talking about this website that they came across. It's, I'll have to find the link again. It's like my 80s TV or something like that. And it allows you to basically curate your own like 80s content on a web page. So you can watch like uh, clips from old shows back in the 80s. You can watch old advertisements, um, you know, and then the shows, of course, are broken down by category. So if you want to watch, um, if you want to watch uh, horror shows or, or like thriller type shows, you want to watch cartoons from the 80s, you want to watch like the soap operas that your parents might have watched back in the 80s, you know, they've got all of that put together. And so you just go to this website and pick. And I guess they were even saying there's stuff that goes as far back as like the 50s. Oh, so I guess weird. if you're into that, you know, cool. it's like, yeah, like imagine like, you know, you want to take a like a trip into the past to go see some of that stuff. You know, so you had to make mention of the 90s thing. I don't know if there's anything 90s related, but as like I'll make mention of the 80s thing I heard about. And, you know, for <laughs> anybody who really cares about it, maybe I'll try to find the link and put it in the, the show notes and that, too. But anyway, we're here, of course, to talk about this week's news. So let's just kick it off with the first news story we have here, and that is Rocksteady uh, delaying the Suicide Squad game yet again. And according to the information we have, based on uh, information put out by Bloomberg and, of course, shared by a bunch of other game news organizations, is that they delayed it till sometime later this year. And it's based on the reaction to gameplay footage that came out in February. So I put a link in our notes there, Kyle, for the actual, I believe what the footage is, because this mm -hmm. footage is listed as having come out two weeks ago, which would still put it into last month. So I think this is the right footage that they were talking about. And I got to say, like, I kind of agree because apparently this is supposed to take place in the actual Arkham universe. Like this is actually supposed to take place in the Arkham uh, world that we've seen Rocksteady build up with the other Batman games, not the um, right, uh, not the other um, Batman game that came out. You have to forgive me. The one where it's all of Batman sidekicks play uh, that you get to play as the uh, Gotham, Gotham Knights. Knights. Yeah, that's it. Yes. Yeah. Um, this apparently is actually in is it the Arkham Knights. I, I don't know. No, it's I, not I Arkham Knights. It's, I think it's Gotham Knights, too. Yeah. But no, yeah. this one here takes place in the um, this one here takes place in the uh, actual Rocksteady world that they built with um, the rest or excuse me, the Arkham world that they built starting from Arkham Asylum. Or at least that's what the it's supposed to be. Um, but I've watched the footage here, and I, I guess I didn't know what I was supposed to expect from a Suicide Squad game. But, I mean, I assume you have the footage up, too, and you're taking a look at this as well. Yeah, I'm watching the footage right now, and it's... It's really hard to say. Like I, I am almost getting Avengers vibes from from the actual gameplay of it. Dude, I have uh, the same just, thought too. Yeah, and like the the openness, uh, you know, of seeing Harley Quinn, uh, you know, swing around and and being able to cartwheel down to a building or uh, Captain Boomerang teleport, you know, from building to building and you know run up the sides of buildings and so on and so forth. It's really cool, but it kind of makes me wonder how much of that is actually curated. It, like, is there going to be boundaries that you're going to be able to hit? Or, you know, how open is this world? How far can you get separated from the rest of your group? You know, I, it seems like there's a lot going on, 
But we also saw Gotham Knights kind of fail at that because, you know, they went with the co-op route and you just can't have that much going on in the world when you're connected to someone online all the time like this game seems to be. Now, was Gotham Knights also Rocksteady or was that another another group that had uh, made that game? I, th- I think that was another group, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, because I can I can kind of get if uh you know if Rocksteady had made both, if they've made Gotham Knights and this and they kind of follow the same premise with a lot of the the co-op focus on it, then I could kind of see why this may play out the same way. But at the at, at the same time, I know Suicide Squad is supposed to be uh, you have to forgive me on my lack of comic book knowledge anyway, but I know mm. that there's parts of it that are supposed to be goofier than the rest of like the the DC universe anyway, given that it, it's, of course, it's the villains who are now supposed to be the, the quote-unquote heroes. Um, there's just something about this, though, that just seems a little over the top for even what, uh, with the limited knowledge I have of the Suicide Squad. Yeah, I, I mean, and... So it looks like Gotham Knights was actually, of course, published by Warner Brothers, but developed by Warner Brothers uh, Montreal. Okay, so this was completely separate from Rocksteady then. So, Yeah, it looks like Q-Lock and uh, Warner Brothers uh, Games Montreal. Okay, so Warner Brothers, of course, obviously publishing both of these. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just, I don't know what to make of this. I understand that the villain in this game is supposed to be, the main villain is supposed to be Brainiac. Um, from uh, Superman lore, but I don't know. There's just parts of this that just don't make sense to me. It seems a little more off the rails than I would expect, and I don't know. Maybe chalk it up to my lack of knowledge about the Suicide Squad's history in that, but there's just parts of it that just seem off for what I guess I would expect in this type of game, especially if it falls in line with the rest of the uh, Arkham games, or it's supposed to. Well, I I don't know. It it might fall in line with everything. I I don't know if it necessarily falls in line with the Arkham games. Um just be because of the way some of the uh I I guess the character effects look and uh, the the character movement. It just seems so wacky and off the wall. Uh it it just seems like it, it it's too off the rails for that universe. Um but I I don't I don't know. It it's hard to say, and we we haven't even discussed the uh, the big skeleton in the closet for the game, uh, which which is the season pass and the whole fact that there might be you know just content that that's paid for by season, similar to how Avengers initially launched. Yeah, that's another thing too. Is that like this delay is apparently just into the later part of this year, which means that with that delay, they're not going to be going back and removing any of that, the unfortunate additions to these games that we've kind of come to to just live with now. Uh, but yeah, you're right. They are following that similar Avengers model with the DLC, the live service stuff. Um, the always online part is a big thing too. Well, um, and I, I hate to say it, but I, it, it's a mistake. I mean, Warner Brothers oh, already is. learned should should have learned their lesson. I should say from uh, what was it, Shadow of War, uh, the the sequel of uh, Shadow of Mordor, uh, because that one had a whole season pass loot system that it, or you know that you could buy tokens and upgrade your character or get you know certain things to help you recruit people or whatever, but. Eventually, they made all that content basically free, if I'm not mistaken. And I, I, I feel like, you know, they, they should have already taken notes from what happened with Avengers. I mean, the, the service is basically shut down. It's a single-player game. They All the content is out there for free. Um, and, you know, they, they should have seen the success from, from uh, what was it, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy where it, it did have that similar format, but everything was just unlockable from the beginning. It was a standalone game. There wasn't any season pass, live service, BS. You know, you just got the game. And I, it, I mean, Square Enix thought it was a failure, but I mean, when you especially when you compare it to the Avengers game, it was a massive, massive success. Yeah, that's why I 
enjoyed playing the Guardians of the Galaxy game way more than I did playing the Avengers game. So, yeah, I wish that these companies would kind of learn that you don't need to have all this live service stuff going on or the online only requirement, even if you're going to play single player. You know, it's it just adds more chaos to an already chaotic situation, especially the fact that they put a short delay on this game. We don't have a new release date yet for it. But mm-hmm. the fact, though, that if it's still planning on coming out this year and it's only been pushed off a few months, a lot of those core things that we have complaints about and I'm sure the rest of the community has complaints about are not going to get fixed in that short period of time. They're not going to turn off microtransactions. They're not going to turn off the always online requirement. It's going to be more graphical changes at the mm-hmm. minute level. Well, hopefully, you know, overall, it's just a more polished game and they can pray for the success of that, that, you know, they release something that that's complete and, and polished. And even if it's got microtransactions as a hitch, then hopefully they can write off the success that it is off the same line as the Batman Arkham games. But I, I think in the long run, they're going to have to just unlock everything and, and make it, you know, a standalone game that's able to be played online. Or it'll die. Yeah. I I just don't know if that's going to happen or not. Like, at least it, it, with this short of time that they could potentially release this game in, I don't know if it's going to happen that way. But yeah. maybe maybe they could come to their senses. I don't know. I just I don't have high hopes for that. And the problem I guess I have, though, too, is that I haven't, like, I haven't seen the full list of complaints yet about what, you know, like what has fans held back on this other than the online only requirement. Mm-hmm. So it'll just be a matter of time to see what what Rocksteady comes back with and says, hey, here is what we heard from you guys and here is what we are doing different. But that's just something we haven't heard about yet. So we wait and see. Yep. Wait and see. Unfortunately, that's all we really can do. As always, yeah. Of course, we move on to another chaotic situation, of course, for one of the more popular games from actually 2019, and that's with The Outer Worlds. Uh, this is a game, of course, from Obsidian that released in 2019. It was a well-received one, especially as it gave us a kind of nice filling in the gaps, given that, of course, Fallout 4 had already been out for a little while, and Fallout 76 was kind of kicking everybody in the head. It was nice to have something that was similar to Fallout, but wasn't Fallout. However... Just recently, Obsidian released the Spacer's Choice Edition, which was supposed to be a graphical and uh, yeah, graphical and under the hood overhaul that was supposed to support the newer generation of consoles, uh, the Xbox Series line, and of course the PlayStation Five, and then of course PC though too. However, upon its release, and it was dropped uh, last week. Uh, or it was actually earlier this week. I can't really tell from what I'm reading here. But the problem, though, is that I guess the game actually plays much worse now than the original version did in every way, shape, and form. Um, Apparently, a lot of the issues here... um, I had a list here on this one. Um, So, I guess before I get to issues here, uh, they had... Featured high-resolution graphics, dynamic weather system, overhauled lighting and environments, improved performance and load times, enhanced details on characters, and an increased level cap. Hmm. Um, But yeah, they've been hit with bugs and other issues and other problems with this title itself since the game, um, I guess, since it dropped earlier this week. But that's that's kind of a shame, though, is that, that this game, I enjoyed playing it as much as I did, and that for them to go and basically release this big overhauled version of the game and it being delivered like this, I'm surprised that nothing was necessarily caught. Um, It seems to be widespread though. It doesn't seem to be just limited to like one single console or limited to PC. It seems to be across the board affecting both PC and console. Let's see if I can find a list of those bugs. Yeah, because I'm actually kind of kind of curious about what they are. In all honesty, um, I mean the the game wasn't it, it was actually really good. I enjoyed it. Um, I I probably played it less than you did, honestly. Um, 
if I recall, I, I, I think I didn't even get to make some of the major choices. I was saved right before I, I could make uh, any of them, so I didn't mess up. And, but I, when, when it came to the actual game, I mean, it, it didn't look terrible. It, the, the, uh, the actual player choice system was quite fun you could you could really play tricks on characters and make them total fools or you know i i was playing a character that lied to everyone and i was scaring the the pants off of some people telling them that you know oh aliens were following me and and he totally believed me but um yeah no it it was I, I I can only imagine that it had to have been the weather effects and stuff. I if anything, they sh- what they should have done is add like ray tracing. I mean, the level cap would have been been nice. I I can imagine, especially for people that were longtime players of the game. But I uh, I mean, as far as character models, even they weren't terrible. I mean, they could have been a little bit sharper, but that's about it. I I can't imagine there there could have been much more room for improvement other than maybe ray tracing which would have lowered the frame rate anyway, potentially. Yeah, so I've been looking here. I found kind of a, a breakdown of things that are going on, or at least reported by one uh, reviewer so far from Rock Paper Shotgun, uh, James Archer. And he goes on to say that he started trying to play this with mm-hmm. a RTX 3070, a Core i5-11600K, and 16 gigs of RAM, which apparently are above the recommended requirements for playing this game. And right. he set it on ultra quality at 1440p, and he only got 30 to 35 FPS with regular drops down into the 20s. Um, he says here that when he gets into interior areas, it helped creep it up to 40 frames per second or so. Uh, but in the original version, he was able at th- that configuration, he was able to stay at 100 frames per second. Hmm. And then he's also talking about. Um, it looks like he may have changed out his graphics card as well, too. And it looks like the same presets at 4K produced an unplayable 20 to 25 FPS. Oh, wow. And that's with ray tracing enabled and everything, too. And then they're stuttering. Uh, they have visual glitches where it looks like it's based on the position you are uh, at in a room. Uh, like the example here in their article is that they're showing these glass, uh, like, tubes that are up against the wall that aren't there at all like or you can kind of make the outline of them a little bit but then he positions himself in another spot of the room and then they fill up with fluid just out of nowhere um yeah i mean they're Mm. like those kind of hitches and and hiccups there it's i don't know necessarily if it's changes engine wise i mean i know there's a lot more to render and such but i feel like we've seen more of those problems hit or at least maybe observed when ray tracing is running. It always seems to be something going back to ray tracing, but there was no mention of him in his in his article there about whether or not he turned it off and tried with those other settings too. Yeah, and it makes makes me wonder if he would have toned down the settings a little bit if he would have had any issues at all. I I mean I was just looking on Steam and it does look like it's got mostly negative um reviews for that that particular release of the the game so it's not necessarily this one person that's just experiencing it i i think maybe it is more of you know the total overhaul that potentially caused a problem in the game um when when they changed something in in the hard code um that could have glitched out potentially everything at least for the time being until they go back and actually fix it It's always got to be one of those things where it's like they release a game and then we got to wait for them to fix it. I don't want no roadmaps. I just want to fix. <laughs> yeah, it's it kind of like harkens back to the days of uh, Cyberpunk when all of those issues hit. But yeah, I don't know if there was a difference here, like where they issued out review copies of this instead. And, it, you know, it wasn't caught during the review or what have you. I, I don't know exactly. Like, it seems like it's just. Like, okay, it's going to be the same, but with this graphical overhaul, so let's just drop it out there and see how people do. And obviously, of course, we got this problem now. So I, I, yeah, I, I hope know. Obsidian fixes it. It, it yeah, I, I hope so too. I, I just feel like it, it's an incredibly silly mistake to, to make, especially on basically uh, a player's choice or game of the year edition or whatever you want to call it that has all the DLC 
that that's so ridiculous to to make this sort of mistake. Yeah. So it looks like a patch has either just been released or actually no. Uh, announcement today says uh, from Private Division says our team is working on a patch for PC and consoles to address many of the visual and performance issues being reported by players. We appreciate your patience greatly and we'll be able to share this in the full list of patch notes with you before the end of next week. So that means we should see a patch hopefully within the next week to week and a half and then hopefully be able to go back to some of these reviews now or or discussions and see if everything has Im- potentially improved. But here's to hoping that uh, Private Division and Obsidian get the... Uh, uh, get the bug reports that they need to be able to resolve the issue for players. I would hope so. I, I think that would be one that would be in- incredibly fun to play on the Steam Deck, in all honesty. Yeah, you should give that a try just with the original version and just see how things fare for you. Right. Yeah, it'd probably be perfectly fine. But I'm sure if you ran oh, the I'm new sure. one, it'd probably blow up your Steam Deck. It might <laughs> It might <sighs> melt, melt to my hands. Yeah, no <laughs> That'd be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> All right, so let's carry on to our next story. And, of course, it's another Sony-Microsoft battle one over the purchase of Activision Blizzard. And this time, it's actually a rather annoying one. It's, it's almost petty at this point here. So we're referencing this article from The Verge here, and uh, Sony is worried that Microsoft will sabotage Call of Duty for PlayStation. Basically, Sony has gone ahead and called out saying that Microsoft or or excuse me, Activision under the leadership of Microsoft will release a PlayStation 5 version of the next Call of Duty game. And it will be so full of bugs that it will be unplayable on the PlayStation, but it will work just fine on PC and Xbox. That's basically what they're calling out here. Here's what they said in the uh, the example that they had shared with. I believe this is with the UK's, yeah, UK's com- uh, Competition and Markets Authority, which is basically similar to our, um, you know, our regulatory commissions and that too. They go on to say Microsoft might release a PlayStation version of Call of Duty where bugs and errors emerge only on the game's final level or after later updates. Even if such degradations could be swiftly detected, any remedy would likely come too late. By which time the gaming community would have lost confidence in PlayStation as a go-to venue to play Call of Duty. Indeed, as Modern Warfare 2 attests, Call of Duty is most often purchased in just the first few weeks of release. If it became known that the game's performance on PlayStation was worse than on Xbox, Call of Duty gamers could decide to switch to Xbox for fear of playing their favorite game at a second-class or less competitive venue. It's, Hmm. It's silly to actually see them call this out to think that Microsoft would intentionally do that there's why would yeah. like microsoft's mantra has so far been that they want to make sure that games are available to everybody everywhere they're not trying to hinder that and so it's like why would they want to do something like that like i would imagine something happening potentially on the switch but i'd see that more as like hardware limitation other than it being something more like deliberate you know i it's, it's that's that's actually what I was about to say. It is petty, honestly. Um, why would Microsoft want to alienate a good chunk of their audience that for years has played, you know, th- this particular game on this system because they've had, you know, the the early access or whatever. And yeah, they may not necessarily get early access. It may be the same access across the board for everyone forever. However... Why would Microsoft want to alienate a third of what their potential audience is, or I guess technically, you know, closer to maybe a quarter, um, if depending on how the Nintendo front pans out? But why? Why would they do that? They wouldn't. That that's just ridiculous. They didn't do it with Minecraft. You know, I mean, all they made you do is sign in with a microsoft account essentially to play your game and that's it um yep but microsoft still provides uh licenses uh, to mine of minecraft to to sony interactive to do, to uh distribute online uh through their storefront as well as you know physical copies uh that they had done in the past so there there's that uh, i i i i just don't I don't get it. 
you know, not only that, Microsoft has been totally against this console elitism, and th- this would, I-, I think, cause a fracture. Not only is saying that, you know, oh, Sony's better than Microsoft because uh, we don't have to have Call of Duty to survive, or, you know, haha, you know, we're we're better than Sony because, you know, we get Call of Duty and they're left out in the cold. It's not going to happen that way. And I think if that if that's how Sony perceives it, they're dreaming. Yeah, and the key part here is that Sony has already made it very clear that they're not shy uh, to like breathe new controversy into everything that they've been doing so far with this. I mean, you know, first and foremost, as even a part of these, uh, I guess, comments that have been submitted to, you know, it's like they basically don't think a deal can happen anyway with Microsoft because they say Microsoft's been dragging their feet on, you know, like deals and such, even though Microsoft is like, we've got a 10 year deal written up here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like everything is ready to go. And then of course they got um, NVIDIA and Nintendo taken care of. But at the same time though, too, is that they say that it's going to eat also into their pricing model for multi-game uh services i think that's more specifically talking about the physical environment because microsoft also offered it to sony for their uh playstation plus service so that way it'd be something available there but it's like uh it's it seems to be a problem still for sony and the other argument though too is that it's like oh well they can have activision blizzard if activision spins off the call of duty team into a whole separate organization and they aren't they don't go along as part of the deal and that in and of itself is just silly, given the fact that basically Activision is just a Call of Duty house now. There's pretty no, much, yeah. Yeah, there's no department there. There's no separate team that doesn't work on Call of Duty other than the folks over at Blizzard. That's yeah. it. So it's just, it's weird to actually see that that pettiness when it comes to this and the idea well, that Microsoft's goal is to fracture the, the gaming community like this. Yeah, which is another funny point because Microsoft has actually talked about potentially uh, separating some of the studios out that that Activision has uh, basically liquidated and forced to work on Call of Duty or Diablo or you know Overwatch. Um, so th- they want to bring those studios back out and produce games that they've worked on in the past you know like for instance toys for bob all of a sudden we could see more crash bandicoot all of a sudden we could see more spyro that would be a good thing and yeah i mean absolutely sony's previous mascots almost you know it's like we we want to produce more of those games and sony's just looking at it like no (laughs) well the other part though too is it besides that and getting those studios back to making the games that they used to, especially like, you know, Neversoft coming back out with more like um, Tony Hawk Pro Skater remakes. But I also think about the other part of the pettiness with this, though, too, is the way that they basically threw the baby out with the bathwater on Battlefield, that they called Battlefield subpar compared to Call of Duty. And we know that, like, the Call of Duty gamers out there and and the the relationship between gamers and, and the Call of Duty franchise has been strong for a long time, a yeah. very long time. And that's not to say anything bad about Battlefield. Battlefield definitely doesn't have the numbers that Call of Duty does. And, of course, they had a rather unique experience with launching 2042. <laughs> but to say the least. The way, yeah, yeah, I know. We were there. We saw what happened. But what I'm more talking about is the fact that they just basically threw them under the bus and decided not to give them a chance, you know, and instead it's like, you know, you could, it's like if everybody works together, it's like Battlefield could be a bigger game, you know, or at least compete there. Um, so it's just, it's funny to see them do stuff like that or make comments about it, or even the fact that it's like, oh, it's going to stop driving, you know, it, the or giving choices to consumers. It's like, again, we've talked about this before. It's like, where's the latest kill zone? Where's the latest resistance? What about a new Jack and Daxter title? You know, mm-hmm. it's like Sony has all of these titles like underneath their belt and all these properties. Why is it that we're not seeing them put out the effort to actually get some of that stuff made and continue to kind of pad themselves 
and continue to look at just this one title. It, it's it frustrates me. I know I come across as a Microsoft fanboy on this because I have been primarily an Xbox gamer for the last I don't know uh, what probably fifteen to twenty years now. I've played PlayStation. I've owned Playstations, but at the same time, it's just I don't. I just don't see the negatives in any of these deals here right now. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know. I I just don't see what Sony is necessarily doing with their acquisitions, whereas, you know, you see Microsoft, what they're doing is, yeah, they're, they're buying up some of these companies that don't necessarily have mega blockbuster games, you know, at least recently, uh, some of them. But then on the other hand, they buy games that, or by companies that have released major titles like Bethesda. Um, I I don't know. It, it seems like they want to give the, the creative freedom to these companies at the same time as try and give them direction. You know, whereas Sony, I, I don't know what they're doing with their, their acquisitions. They're, the companies are coming out with games, but you don't necessarily hear Sony talking about you know we're, we're going to be producing this we're we're going to be working you know this team is going to be working on this it there it doesn't seem like they're they're showing what direction they're going no it really doesn't and what i'm more worried about is i guess the idea that if the deal fails if microsoft cannot acquire activision blizzard i assume that microsoft is going to have some sort of like contingency payout that they have to make to Activision Blizzard because of all of this. Uh, we've seen it in previous mergers where AT&T had to pay T-Mobile like, I don't know, was it like between three and $8 billion when that merger failed all those years ago. Um, mm-hmm. But does that mean then that if the merger fails, does that potentially devalue Activision Blizzard other than, you know, of course, they've got a lot of great properties. Does that devalue them and then Sony swoops in and tries to acquire them? You know, I I hadn't thought about it that way, but I, I guess it is a possibility. I mean, where does it leave the FTC if the one company that's been fighting against, you know, the merger comes out of the, you know, corner is a dark horse and tries to swoop them up after you know the company or after blizzard activision comes out potentially hurting if the deal doesn't happen i i don't think about that yeah i just it may it kind of makes me wonder thinking about this like and obviously of course this the future is unpredictable right now but my thought on this is that if the acquisition fails Mm. that Activision Blizzard ends up getting devalued and has to split the company up regardless. That Activision becomes its own separate entity again. Blizzard becomes its own separate entity. Um, those sub-studios that they have, you know, kind of like either have to split up or, or something else goes on there. And then Sony swoops in and starts picking up the pieces slowly and gradually. Like, oh, well, here's one of the studios that came out of Activision Blizzard. Sony's going to pick it up. And then a year down the line, we yeah. hear another studio. And then after that, it just it starts to cascade more and more, you know, up to the point that literally Activision and Blizzard are basically shells of themselves, you know, prior to it. But Sony still owns the larger chunk of them. It just it, that's what goes through my head. Yeah, there, there's there's a, a lot to wonder about. And I mean, it, it it's scary, but I mean, on the other hand, Sony has also stated they straight up they they want Microsoft to redact the deal completely. They they don't want any sort of Microsoft deal. They don't care about Call of Duty. I think is one of the things that has come across the desk uh, the the desk at uh, Sony recently. So I yeah, there's a lot of confusion uh, about what Sony's argument is at this point, and I think. Um, it, it's because they're scrambling and they're they're just afraid that that it it potentially could happen. I mean, in the EU, there there's sway that it, it potentially could happen. So, fingers crossed, this deal goes through and 
maybe you know Microsoft can save the day with Activision Blizzard and and produce some more Tony Hawk games and get some more really really cool games out from these companies that we haven't seen anything from because they've had to work on Call of Duty forever. Yeah, no kidding. Let's let's get them back to doing what they used to do, what they love yeah. to do, and see what, what new innovations come out of it. Yeah, I yeah. love that. What they love to do. So, of course, we're at the roughly midway point of the weekly news roundup. So we are going to take ourselves a quick break. And when we come back, we'll carry on with the rest of the news. But enjoy this ad spot from our sponsor, Anchor.fm. And we're back. All right. So carrying on where we left off here, we move on into the next story for the weekly news roundup. And this one is this one's kind of a doozy. Resident Evil 4 Collector's Edition pre-orders have been canceled at GameStop, and it seems like a lot of people are pretty upset about that. So uh, just yesterday, March 9th, uh, GameStop has announced that they will no longer be selling, and that includes anything for the pre-orders, the $250 Resident Evil 4 Remake Collector's Edition. So this Collector's Edition came with a... I gotta bring this picture up here just to see everything that was in it because it's a doozy of a uh, a doozy of a set. But it came with a the game uh, plus a steel book, an extra DLC packed product code, digital soundtrack, a figure of Leon Kennedy, uh, art book, poster, and then it came in some sort of like shipping crate type box for everything. And then of course there's a bunch of stuff in the extra DLC pack, some other pre order bonuses, you know, all that jazz. Um, it was reported it on by Warrior sixty four. Attaché case. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate you helping me fill in with some of the lore there. But yes, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So Wario sixty four reported on this, and apparently this is only affecting in store pre orders. So if you're a person who still visits their GameStop regularly and pre orders through the store itself, that happened to affect you. So. There's been no reason provided why uh, these are actually done, like, or this was actually done. Uh, there was no information given. There are some rumors that are swirling around, and we'll get to those here in a minute. Uh, but apparently, uh, GameStop employees are pretty pissed off about this themselves, too. So, according to what was seen here on Reddit via GameSpot.com, They say here, it looks like according to one employee, they say, I'm done pushing pre-orders. Company is constantly screwing us over, and now I'm going to have to deal with this and very pissed customers. Um, Apparently, there are some people who are reporting that some online pre-orders have been canceled, but it it seems like the bulk, if not the majority of online orders, have not been yet. So maybe online is safe, at least from GameStop, but your mileage may vary. I don't think this is a fulfillment problem. That's that's the key thing though that there's like, you know, there's that's where the rumors are abound. It. Yeah, and as you as a former GameStop employee, you definitely understand some of that. But yeah, like um apparently last September again in referencing this article from GameSpot, uh last September Kotaku had reported that the retailer's database and inventory system suffered a number of major issues that caused locations to have incorrect information about what games would be available when, which triggered a lot of headaches for GameStop's uh, staff so maybe it could be that but you seem to maybe be right though that it may not be a fulfillment issue what based on what you've seen in your years at GameStop what is your best thought on potentially what could have happened here well I now that we've seen the actual kind of end of the game stonks um, I I think this is where we start to see the decline of where it, it's it's an actual game stop and in, instead of just a crap stop in all honesty uh, they're they're on their way out um at least as a uh, storefront retailer i think this is going to be uh, a sign that gamestop is going to be moving a lot of their online vending or a lot of their uh, game vending, I should say, to online, whereas their storefronts are going to sell a lot of um, antiquated or um, 
semi-outdated uh, PC parts as well as like pop figures, stuff from their their Think Geek um, venue that they that they made the purchase of like what was it eight ten years ago. Um, but beyond that, I I think it's going to be more like an FYE scenario rather than a GameStop as we knew it, where you could go and pre-order games in store and pick up collector's editions or or physical copies of games. So basically GameStop, like you made a great comparison there to FYE, that they're going to basically reduce what they were known for, which was CDs and DVDs and other media. And then, of course, having like the pop culture stuff around on the, the sidewalls that you can go and purchase to now being more specifically the pop culture with a fraction of what they used to put out for like DVDs and uh, CDs and such. But of course, GameStop will be, you know, like a fraction like with games and that they'll be more focused on the think geek side of that part, along with like what you said, PC, you think that's the direction? I I think so. And I mean, even when you look at some of the PC parts that they carry in store, it it's a lot of older parts. It's a lot of the stuff that people were were trying to get a hold of when they couldn't get the current cards during the the chip shortage you know the old like 1660s and stuff that that's what you seem to get shipments of in in GameStop at least in store you're not getting the the like good stuff other than that you're getting like Razer keyboards or you know your your third party AliExpress keyboard that they've rebranded as a GameStop uh keyboard um Beyond that, yeah, it's just going to be Think Geek and honestly, maybe some some cards and and you know just other collectible stuff like that. But yeah, that's interesting. I mean i I actually agree on that. I mean, you can walk into any GameStop that we have here in our town right now, and you can get that vibe already. Mm-hmm. You as soon as you walk in, you know, you get the feeling, of course, though that like you know you're in a GameStop. I mean the the number of games that's a, that are available to you have not dwindled one bit. Um, you know, I remember from years past, back when you were working at GameStop in our mall, that the like you had way more racks of used games that were more placed around like towards the middle of the store itself along of course with your mix of new and used games that were along the wall and then you had some other you had a few pop culture things but nothing too terribly crazy um so you can walk into a GameStop still now and see a majority of that but definitely more of that pop culture stuff taking over and of course the number of clearance sales they have to get rid of some of that stuff is maddening too like especially like we've seen it now especially in the industry where Funko just recently announced that they had millions of dollars in stock that they couldn't get rid of or like Mm -hmm. couldn't sell and they have to dump it in a landfill just because people went mad collecting stuff during the pandemic when they're all stuck at home and now of course there's there's no reason for people to be collecting a lot like they were um but needless to say, I think that could very well be right. I think you could be like on track here with that, that GameStop just could not fulfill this in the sense that, you know, they are they are losing money. They're not like they were. They're basically in the next phase of their devaluation, their their yeah, their redecline. Honestly, I mean, phasing out the games from GameStop in the storefronts is the next step. Um I, I think just to save the storefront uh, beyond that, I, they're, I, they're probably going to be in the next five to 10 years, an online retailer exclusively. We won't see GameStop as a storefront. And if we do, it will be more like an FYE with, with tech products, honestly. And a lot of it's going to be GameStop branded uh, more like your mad cats, AliExpress, uh, generic mold you know for whatever your your console of choices or you know your your compete your pc accessory of choices um that they carry yeah i it's a shame to think about that but that's you're probably right that's probably what is going to happen uh i mean we're in such a weird position now over the last 20 years with the the push for a lot more online based retail that to have a physical storefront is just, it's not odd. It's not bizarre because we've got a lot of other stores that are successful, 
But GameStop seems to be in such a weird spot right now that they really can't screw up. And if they do, it's going to end up hurting like them going down the line. And this could very well be that first thing that hurts them. This could be that first part because I have not seen anything ever reported that GameStop could not fulfill a pre-order even at these higher tier like collector's editions. I don't think I've ever seen oh, a yeah. problem like that I reported mean, I, before. I remember seeing it in some of the uh, like corporate emails and stuff where we weren't able to fulfill uh, certain quantities at, at stores and people were desperately trying to, to find you know, a quantity at whatever store. Um, and, you know, even back, you know, a store in New York trying to fulfill a quantity out here, you know, or even further, you know, calling to whatever store just for one game um, of, of a collector's right. edition. And well, there was I'm... none in the company. But right. I, I don't know. I mean, it it's happened in the past, but... But I was referring more to the fact of, like, the hardcore like just canceling everything not that it was that stock Ugh. like not that like okay we're going to allocate six of these collector's editions say to your store and when you sell those six that's it you know it's not it, that's that's completely different because of course there's going to be limited allocation because that's how collector's editions work they're going to be limited stock no matter what i'm talking more about the fact that it's like they took pre-orders here and a lot of people have these things paid off, and now it's basically like, no, we can't fulfill any of these. Here is your money back. Here's a discount code for something else later on. Whatever. You know, it, yeah. it's, it's not that. It's not just limited stock. It's no stock. It It's happened, but not never like this. Never like this. Like I said, if it ever happened, it was like maybe one or two quantities when I worked there. Um I, I I can't ever recall a time where it was just a mass uh, pre-order cancellation unless a game was, like, canceled or, you know, for whatever reason, we weren't going to carry that copy. So we moved, you know, their their pre-order to being, you know, cashed out and they had to come in and pick up their, their money or whatever or just move their pre-order. You know, we call them on the phone and move, move their pre-order, but... There was always a way more advanced notice for something like this. Um, we we knew way far in advance. It was never just instantaneous, you know, something this yeah. bad. I yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, I guess if you want to kind of hold yourself over, the official uh, Resident Evil Four demo has dropped as of today, and of course, you know, you can go check that out. Maybe to to kind of satiate your curiosity as to what the the remake is going to be like but at the same time you know that's not going to fill the hole that people who like to get these collector's editions is going to you know have your your best thing right now is to start checking around at other retailers to see exactly what you can do GameStop is the only one that's made any mention of basically canceling every single one of these at least in-store pre-orders so far for the collector's edition but you know, nothing's been announced saying that Walmart can't do it, Best Buy can't do it, Amazon can't do it. You know, there's been no mention of other retailers. So yeah, it's worth it to check and just see. I mean, there's there's always a chance that retailers could have physical copies, you know, at launch. I know even at GameStop, there were times that we were told that we weren't going to receive any collector's editions, period. That, you know, the pre-order window was just so slim that... You know, we didn't get any in in store, so we weren't receiving any. And lo and behold, uh, you know, eight months down the line, we got five collector's editions for both consoles, and that's just the way it happened. So yeah. there's always a possibility. I mean, you can check your local GameStop. I would definitely uh, check other retailers as well, both in store and online, and try and avoid uh, scalpers, but. I mean, there's always the official Capcom site as well. Yeah, exactly. Good good follow-up on that one for sure. So let's wrap it up here with maybe a more happy story, which is our last story actually in the main part of the Weekly News Roundup. And uh, this one actually makes me very giddy. Uh, I, I, It just makes me very giddy especially. But uh, it looks like it's very possible Counter-Strike 2 could be announced this month and it's blowing everybody's mind. So 
NVIDIA recently dropped new drivers. And generally, when new drivers drop, there's usually callouts to different games in there that have either been like rated for a particular driver, or maybe the driver was made to be able to support the new game, you know, enhancements for existing games and so on. And there are, of course, people who go and mine the uh, mine the data off of those drivers to try to see if they can pick out anything new. We've actually had leaks that have come out like that, though, too, uh, for other games in the past. But of course, this time now, it's Counter-Strike 2. So the... Uh, um, so the article here from Video Games Chronicle says, uh, I guess there's a uh, journalist that they spoke to. Uh, his name is Richard Lewis, and apparently he has a long record of breaking Counter-Strike-related stories. And he says, uh, talking to a source on their, under the condition of uh, uh, anonymity, anonymity, bleh. I can't pronounce that word anymore. Anonymity. Anonymity. Thank you. God, I can't speak for anything today. <laughs> a new version of Counter-Strike is on the way and that uh, had been worked on for some time. So according to what the drivers actually show is there's two new executables listed in there, csgos2.exe and cs2.exe. Apparently, they are... The idea right now is that they're going to be potentially releasing CSGO, Counter-Strike Global Offensive, with the Source 2 engine, and that CS2, Counter-Strike 2, is going to be an all-new entry in the Counter-Strike world. Um, and it's, man, like, just the idea, though, that we could potentially see a um, a new Counter-Strike game in, oh, what is this now? Third, let's see, 10, 11 years. Yeah, 11 years since yeah. Go. Like, well, I started playing Go, like, right there at the beginning. Like, I only got my 10-year challenge coin back, I think, uh, in December. So I've been playing it since it, like, roughly since it released. It came out in August of 2012, so I was a few months behind. But I joined in before they started doing the uh, the crates and the skins and, and everything there. So, you know, See, big, I, big thing there. I had my, my big PC hiatus at that during that time and only, you know, started playing Counter-Strike again recently unfortunately by the time i got my or recovered my my steam account i did have uh, a ban on one of the copies of counter strike so uh yeah there's that unfortunate side effect but um yeah i don't know i i'm i'm really happy to see counter strike i played a ton like a ton of the original counter strike even on dial up modem yeah, and see, I was familiar with Counter-Strike, but I seriously had not played one until uh, CSGO. Yeah, I'm talking like days before even Steam, so... Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they go on to say here in the article, uh, or at least referencing Lewis's report, He they say Lewis's report goes on to say that the work on Counter-Strike 2 has seemingly contributed to the relative lack of work on CSGO issues. Quote, the big priority is getting this out and then polishing it, fixing any bugs, and bringing it up to the level people expect from CS. Um, again, it's going to probably run on Source 2. Uh, it looks like they're going to get the servers to run at 128 tick, which will bring it in line with Valorant, which is a big deal because Valorant is kind of a uh, crossover between what Counter-Strike does as well as Overwatch. So, yeah, but you know, I, and it's both you and I have had yeah. our little stint with Valorant and Nah, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm right there with you. It's not for like it's not for me either. But at the same time, it's also one not to to balk at as a competitor because it's, it's still true. it's very very popular. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. As of right now, though, um, there has been no official word from uh, Valve or from the official Counter Strike uh, social media. Uh, 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 social media handles or platforms or anything you know there's been nothing mentioned at least yet as to what's going on it's very possible that we could see something come up in quote-unquote beta form based on what this article is talking about sometime in the next couple of weeks but potentially as soon as april or as late as april 1st um so if that's going to be the case i am i have eyes wide open on steam waiting to see when that thing drops because i guarantee as soon as that drops i'm I will be playing that beta like mad because oh, I love yeah. me some Counter-Strike. Yeah, I will be right there with you. Awesome. Get some headshots with the op and all that. <laughs> um, 
But that is it for the main stories for this week's news roundup. And so we move on to the last bit of the weekly news roundup, which happens to be the quest markers with Kyle. The quest markers being little bits of news that have gone on through the week that didn't necessarily fit into the main stories, but still we felt the need to mention. So Kyle, what do we have in the quest markers this week? So for our first quest marker of the week, uh, Super Metroid has been recompiled and ported to PC. Ooh, According Super to Metroid. G- yeah, Super Metroid. According to GBA Temp, uh, the project is a compilation of the original 1994 game redone in C and C++ to mimic the original code. Um, while the build is in an early form, uh, the files have been made available on GitHub for anyone wanting to tinker with the code or try out the current build. Uh, I've seen videos of it uh, running on PC looks amazing i want to say there's youtube videos already up um if you have a way to download it from github and and attempt to play it i definitely would it seems to in my opinion run even smoother than the super nes version so hopefully nintendo ninjas don't come after this one too hard uh being as it is a completely redone recompilation of the the original code but continuing on Epic will now let developers self-publish games on the Epic Game Store. Um, Epic is going to finally let developers, of course, self-publish games on their PC platform with the major advantage of Epic only taking 12% commission cut rather than Steam's 30%. Um, Yeah, that's massive to to developers being able to get 88% of the, the total revenue. Uh, per copy uh, sold so I mean even when it comes down to physical copies that that's major physical copies of course being some of the least amount a developer makes on it I think it's lower than 30% now um yeah insane um of course the initial fee uh for registering a game to release on the platform is a hundred dollars but there are caveats pertaining to Epic, uh, Epic, uh, and or excuse me, Epics and other platforms' achievements, as well as uh, content standards that uh, aren't necessarily there on Steam. Uh, of course, like no pornographic material on Epic Game Store, so there is that to look forward to. Um, with the announcement of this, Epic also announced the the launch of their self-publishing tools um, as well as uh, the new stats about the Epic Game Store. So you'll be able to check out uh, newer upgraded stats per game on Epic Game Store. And in the last quest marker for the evening, uh, in celebration of Mario Day um, and the Mario movie, Nintendo has brought Mario's boots to life. Um, of course, March 10th, uh, deemed Mario Day because of the Mar 10, um, has team, uh, has Nintendo, uh, teaming up with Red Wing Boots, or Red Wing Shoes, I should say, and Illumination, the, the maker of the Mario movie, um, to bring to life Mario's boots from the new animated feature to put on display at Nintendo's New York store. Um, the the boots will be on display, of course, through the end of April. Um, they are not purchasable. Um, they are just a, a fun thing to go and see at the, the New York store. Or if you can't make it, there are plenty of images that have already been on display since uh, the site opened, I believe, at 10 o'clock this morning, New York time. But that is it for the quest markers for today. So I will pass the reins back over to you. Well, thank you, Kyle. And of course, with those reins now firmly in hand, it is time to say that is it for the weekly news roundup for the week of March 10th, 2023. So thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in to this NPC's podcast episode, dealing with the weekly news roundup. And of course, 
If you liked what you're listening to, please be sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform of choice. We are on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to podcasts, please be sure to subscribe to us there. So that way, anytime a new episode drops, it immediately downloads to your device of choice and you can listen to us on the go. Of course, be sure to follow us on social media over on Twitter and Facebook at the NPCs Podcast. And of course, be sure to follow us on YouTube at the NPCs Podcast as well. Go hit the subscribe notification bell there too. So when we put up any content, you will be alerted to it when it becomes available. Of course, with all that, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. We will catch you all next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>